we've been discussing the nature of what reality is and it's not nearly as objective as we originally imagined reality isn't this thing that's out there and we can have a discussion about whether this is the version or that is the version rather reality is the thing that's in here and based on my model and my expectations and my desires and my belief systems is the nature will dictate <coughs> the way that I experience this moment so for example if my belief system is that this moment is unproductive and I'm forced to be against my will I'll probably experience it as quite painful if I, my belief system is this, an, this is a rare opportunity and I have to grab it with both hands because it has tremendous value so then I'll experience it as extremely pleasurable and this is true of every experience in every person so really what's dictating the experience the, the feel, the texture of any given moment is the belief system that I walk into that moment with so reality is more about seeing me than it is about seeing outside of me we did discuss though that there is an objective, measurable and quantifiable external environment that may not be reality but that's the thing that we bounce our perception off but once we start bouncing our perception so that perception can go in multiple directions the same room to me that can be hot can you, can be, to you can be cold the same room that to me can be big to you can be small they all have a certain dimension but the experience varies according to who I am and who you are my belief systems, my experiences and probably my history, psychology and mental cognition so reality isn't nearly as solid and concrete as we originally imagined so Rav Desla goes on and says the following idea Dimyon, which we often translate as imagination, is that which runs contrary to what we can touch and feel. Aval, halo yesh mabat shel she'ifois, taiva v'gaiva, v'yesh mabat ruchni, but there are ways of looking at the world one is through the ambitions of lust and pride arrogance all those ego needs that we, we try to suck out from the world around us and then there's a way of looking at the world from a spiritual lens so we've got lenses if you look at the world through the eyes of lust and arrogance through the, world, through the eyes of the different negative detracting factors of the ego your life inevitably will bring you to pain and to deprivation because those things that you want for yourself essentially do not, um, aren't in your control. My desire for affirmation and approval from other people. I mean, that's, that's up for grabs. It may or may not come. My desire for a particular um, food or relationship or creature comfort 
I may or may not get it. And if I don't get it, I'll be left with a sense of loss and a sense of deprivation. So my life will be essentially a life of lacking, of not being fulfilled and of being in a either more or less severe degree of pain. But the spiritual perspective has a power to give me the perspective of joy and happiness in any moment. So uh, we'll have to explore what this what this all this is all about. How can the, the spiritual perspective guarantee me joy and and satisfaction constantly when my life may be filled with challenging stuff? Well, you could look at the challenges. Of, oh, sorry, were you not like... Okay. It's okay. Um, so let's take an example. When I see the world through the eyes of spirituality, and I recognize that things aren't random and they're purposeful, and I recognize nothing occurs without it being a sign and a reason for me specifically engineered and designed to move me to a higher place inside of myself and in the way that I relate to other people. So, as I approach the experience of my day-to-day living, my perspective and my preparedness has a very different connotation. Two, two contrasting examples. I wake up in the morning and I'm living in the world of material obsession. And I want the creature comforts and I want the... The creature comforts are I want to have the, 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 the temperature to be right and the, the, the chair to be comfortable and the food to be good and all the things which satisfy my physical needs to be totally in place. And that's what I'm searching for. And then the weather's cold, frustrated. The lunch that I prepared didn't turn out the way I, the way I wanted. I'm frustrated. The person that I look to for encouragement and approval didn't give it to me. I'm frustrated. So my life is made up of multiple frustrations. Same experience, but now going with a different perspective and recognizing that life is a challenge and an opportunity to get to deeper understanding of myself. So the, when the fried egg doesn't turn out, instead of me saying, oh my gosh, my egg doesn't taste the way it should, I get curious and I say to myself, wow, it's interesting how I'm so controlled by the food I eat. You know, maybe that's not healthy for my physical being or for my emotional being. It certainly stops me from sharing the way I would love to. Maybe I need to get a bit of distance from that. That's a great lesson for me to learn. And then when the weather isn't right, I think to myself, you know, well, it's amazing how I can control the clothes I wear, but I can't control the clouds. It's almost this absurd picture. I imagine myself 
with the clouds above and me going like this, trying to part them so I can get the sun to, to come out. But that's an action of absurdity because it's so clear that the clouds aren't controlled by the movement of my hands. And then I feel this sense of recognition of where I am in the world. And that's so precious. So I'm, I'm walking through my life and I'm actually getting vitality from it. It's, it's not... It's not pleasurable in the classic sense of the word because I'm not getting my, my body fed in the way that it's used to, but maybe that's actually liberating. Instead of me feeling that I need my body to be fed, I feel I can actually rise above it. And that's extremely liberating to, to not be encaged in my physical form. So it depends on my perspective. What am I looking for? What am I, what am I seeking in life? And that, that informs what my reality is. So the first person's reality is one of disappointment and everything and the world's against him and he doesn't get what he wants and he's disappointed and he's bitter and he's discouraged. And the other person experiencing all the same things is in, has insight, has growth, has liberation from the subservience to physicality and gets excited as the day goes on and the challenge rises. And we all love the challenge. We just have to do what's called transcendence. We have to move the areas where we are aware of the challenge and we enjoy fighting it to the areas where we're not aware of the challenge and don't enjoy fighting it. Very many people enjoy competitive sports, which essentially means I will experience pain engaging in the pursuit of what I believe to be an important goal, quite literally in, the, in soccer, a goal, an actual goal. And the experience will be enjoyable, even if I lose. Because I recognize that every part of the struggle is going in a particular, a particular direction, and I understand that the opposition brings the best out of me. So now if I can enjoy a soccer match, I can enjoy a bad meal. Because it's also opposition, it's opposing side trying to score against me. How do I respond? Well, I could just let them go past and let go of my defenses and let them score goal after goal. But I would enjoy that. And I know that there's a thrill to warding off the defenders. So I have to make that jump and say what is happening over here is happening over there. I just want to reiterate that skill because I believe it's crucial. It's called the skill of transcendence. Very often we display a skill set in an area of our life when we have the ability to extract it and expand it and plunk it down in other areas of our life, we become empowered to use the skills we already have in new and different areas. And then we become coherent, but we also become empowered because we have that skill set already. If you're a soccer player, you know how to fight the opponent. You know how to design strategy. You're aware of tactics. You know what it means to push yourself beyond your limitations. You know what it means to cooperate. You know what it means to appreciate. You know what it means to feel triumph and to live with defeat. You've got this entire range of skills. Don't leave them on the soccer field. Bring them into your relationships. Bring them into your work. Bring them into your life. And that's... The idea of your reality, when you're looking at it from a perspective of the growth perspective, the spiritual perspective, your world is bliss. Maybe painful. And maybe robbing you of so much of what you believe to be part of yourself. But the pain itself brings forth the pleasure. Rav Desta continues. This brain and norm. What would be if we could take a drug 
Okay, you can you can actually follow this already in the text. It's written there on the bottom. It says it says in this brain you know we can we can meditate, we can contemplate. If we could make some kind of composition, of different drugs. That when we took the drug, we'd be in a state of bliss. That all of our desires would be filled. Opium, like opium. But the beauty of this drug was that it didn't impact you in any negative way. There were no side effects. There was no coming down. It was like the perfect drug. And you'd just be in that, in that constant high. It will give you everything that your body and yourself required without any negative side effect. Would it be, would those people that spend so much time working hard, and they'll fight in the world, the outer world, the outside world, to get even a drop of what they anticipated to achieve? in a reality which is relative to what they want to achieve would they really spend their time doing that? if they could experience complete satiation with everything they desired and unbelievable happiness consistently even though it would come from this constant fantasy but it would work they get everything they ever looked for, but it would just be in the world of fantasy. Wouldn't, they, wouldn't that be better? If the whole purpose would be to achieve the state of fantasy, and you could achieve it without the work, surely they would be more productive. And then there would be no, there'd be no benefit to the to the actual physical reality. Because the physical reality was simply there to provide me with this idyllic state. Well, I've got a shortcut to this idyllic state. So I'm okay. Why would I go the long way around with a high possibility that I would never achieve it if I could go the shortcut and have it for certain? I would definitely go that path. And there'd be no negative consequences. Why would I give up on that? That's bliss. And even though we, uh, that we think that that's a lacking, that a person would want that, the only reason we, we, we are suspicious of this option is we worry that the physical world may catch, catch up with us and we'll lose the state of fantastic reality. But if we'd be guaranteed that it would perpetuate forever, why would we give that up why would we not take that option? If you could have nirvana right now, right here, pure bliss and paradise, you could live in paradise by the simple taking a safe and harmless drug and everything you ever dreamt of would be true. 
What Rav Desi is saying here is a predecessor of a virtual reality. That you couldn't connect yourself to a machine and you could choose your experience in every day. You go to the Mars if you chose, you go to the Bahamas, you could taste the foods that you wanted to taste and see the science that you wanted to see and there'd be no negative consequences. You could live that for the entirety of your life and everything would be exactly how you wanted it. Why would you go and then try to do the same thing and not even get halfway there? Why would you live in the real world where you may never be able to go to the Bahamas, never be able to travel to Mars, certainly not to do both on the same day. Why would you, why would you settle for the world when you have this better option open to you? Surely this would be ideal. <clears throat> if you could experience this and there'd be no lacking, what reason would there be to go ahead and experience physical reality? You'd say, wow, that's a way better option. If that works and there's no detrimental factors, why not go for that? Therefore, why do the, the realists, they, they, they have an error when they say that focusing on spirituality is not real. It's really the deepest reality and experience that satisfies us more than anything. Sounds as follows. <coughs> Sounds like this, and this is quite challenging. What would you really, what would you rather have? Would you rather, if we could connect you up to a virtual reality machine and you'd have an intravenous supply of food and it could keep you alive for 80, 90 years. You'd be in a bed comfortable with a, with a mattress which would keep your body perfectly maintained and you'd be intravenously fed and in your mind you'd experience every possible joy and paradise pleasure that you could imagine. Who of you would take that option in life? Raise your hands. We've got one taker, two takers, three takers, four takers. And we've got one question. Only four takers? I understand. The rest of you, what's wrong with you? If I do miss and learn Torah in this like virtual machine, Okay, thank you. I can only imagine what I currently understand and know. But you've had you, you've had moments where you have transcended into a state of blissful pleasure. Just perpetuate that forever. That's the only. You could, you could meet the people that you, you always dreamed of meeting and you could build deep and loving relationships with them. You could have your virtual family and they would give you untold sense of joy. I just think it would get boring. And it would never get boring. You'll never, you'll, there's always new stuff. New always new stuff, new excitement. So why not? And reality doesn't catch up with you. And reality will never catch up with you. Yeah, so why not? There's... Well... 
You earn it. Do you get that satisfaction of like hard work? Okay. So now this is he's playing a trick on us. Because normally the way it works is as follows. Let's say you're involved in a relationship. There's someone that you love very much. And your relationship has been one that where you feel completely and totally devoted to each other. There's only one thing that you don't know. That the person you love is cheating on you. And now I give you an option. You can live in this loving relationship forever. In total bliss. And you'll be as in love and everything will work perfectly. It's hypothetical. Or you can find out the rude reality that the person is cheating on you. Which would you prefer to do? Find out or live blissfully until the day you die? Who would like to find out? Raise your hands. Everyone, wow. Who wouldn't like to find out? Only one person. Okay, so you wouldn't want to find out. Why not? Right, correct. So it's hard to understand why anyone else would like to find out. Why would you like to find out, Odie? Uh, I'm not sure I wanted to find out. Are you not sure? Yeah. Really, why? So why would you like to find out? I wouldn't want to think that I would be living that everything's wrong, even though you think this will. But also the other side where you don't want to find out because it's painful. So you're also drop conflicted. Baruch? Uh, well, of course, I'd love to... There are people that actually care for me. Like, there are people that actually care for me. You, 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 but if you never know, if you never know, you never know. Because it's, because why? Because it's not actually a meaningful relationship. It's cheating. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. Daniel, would you like to find out yeah. why? Because I, I want to live in a world of truth. I, I want that this way. But it's painful. So I'd much rather that. You'd much rather the pain of reality than the pleasure of illusion. Yeah. Who, re- who, who, who resonates with that? That the pain of reality is more pleasurable than the pleasure of illusion. A lot of people resonating with that. Some people not resonating with that. They prefer the pleasure of illusion to the pain of reality. Steve, you're one of them. <laughs> what would be, what would be, if it's a twist and you are blissfully happy and it looks like the person is cheating on you? But really, in truth, they're devoted to you. And their cheating is just an illusion. Mm. Would you like to find out or not? Find out what? Wait, what? what? Not what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you blissfully have a relationship with a person and it's wonderful. 
it looks like they're cheating to the external world. People have spotted, spotted them going to places and it looks very dodgy and they're convinced they're having an affair. But in, truth, but in truth, the people around you, but in truth, that person has been totally loyal to you. They've never had an affair. Would you like to find out or not? That she never had an affair? Yeah. Would you like to find out that people, that it looked as if someone was cheating on you? You were unaware that that's what it looked like. You, 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 you had found out that people thought they were cheating on you and also that it's not true. Meaning, would you like to go through the fear of maybe this is right and then having to dig around until you discover it's not true, would you rather just avoid that whole process? And just never think it's true in the first place? Yeah. It never was true. And you never found out, there's, there's nothing to ever find out. And there's nothing to ever find out. Would you like to go through the pain of the, the, the suppose, supposed difficulty only to be resolved that it would be actually not a problem at all? Or would you just rather avoid that whole stage? And what have a in the relationship after? Yeah. But neither of those are blissful reality. That's Impact. You're, a, you're in a blissful reality. Your reality is blissful. You could find out that they're cheating on you. And then it will destroy your equilibrium. And then afterwards you'll find out that actually it was just a hoax. It never really was true. And then you'll be happy again. Would you like to go through the happiness? Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Your life's falling to pieces. Oh, actually everything's fine again. Or would you just rather avoid that stage? Number one, avoid the stage. I think we'd all avoid the stage. I think, I think Rav Des is describing that this perpetual stage of ultimate bliss is seeing the world through the eyes of spirituality. It looks like there's stuff that's gone wrong, but in truth it hasn't gone wrong at all. So when you connect yourself to spirituality, you're connecting yourself up to a virtual paradise machine. And when you live in that world, your world will be forever blissful. And it's true. It's not like the virtual reality machine, where it's only virtual reality. It's the reality reality machine. That on the deepest level, reality is blissful. We are living in a paradise. It just doesn't look that way. What would you rather have? Would you rather become a victim of fiction or recipient of reality? Whoa! Did I get too complicated? Was that too... Yes, that's what he says. That's what he says. You could take this drug, it would make your life an absolute joy and pleasure, and it would be complete and totally true. It would be true. It wouldn't be, an, it wouldn't be a, a, a escape from reality. It would be embracing reality. And that the reality which is hard and painful and difficult and strange, that's the illusion. Whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa! And the only thing that stops us from experiencing the blissful nature of reality is our own constricted thought patterns. And if we liberate ourselves from that, the world will be transformed and our reality will be complete. Isn't it unattainable? Oh, okay. We'll just cross this out. No, no, Sorry. no, 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 no. We'll tear out the page. Isn't it it's specifically designed in a way that it's not clear to us that it's like this? I'm, I'm happy to tear it out. Okay. How realistic. You're one of them. 
Yeah, real. That's not real. It's real, real, real world. We're going to live in the real world. It is what you're saying. I'm saying that the way the Ruchnius sticker world was yeah. done yeah. was that it's not so posh. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so he's wrong. No, oh. I'm not arguing with him. I find so he's telling you this is what you can get. This is it. Open to you. Go and get it. So he's saying no. No, your, your limitation is so, so inbred in your head that when you, you actually challenge, you say, eh, but I have to live in the world of Gashemites and suffer and have a horrible life. What do you mean? I can't have a good life. It's not right to have a good life. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know, do you know what you say just before Shemana Yisrael? Bochat Hashem, Gual Yisrael. Translate. The Redeemer of Israel. Gual doesn't mean the Redeemer of Israel. It's a verb, third party, past tense. He redeemed Israel. When did he redeem us? Long ago, long ago, long ago. We're living in Gula. If you want to go into Gullah, it's your own choice. You want to live in Gullah, live. Hashem is God Israel. He is God Israel. You want to live in Gula? Live in Gula. You want to go back and live in that constricted mind frame? Fuck a shot. You can live your life in misery. Live it. Live it. What'd you say? There was such a bad joke. Like on the scale of bad jokes, there was like a bad, inappropriate, not funny, like it filled all the criteria. Like if you could like design the bad joke, you could have done it better. And that's the love that you've done it.